are in the second week of focusing on the Psalms and the big emotions we find there. From joyful laughter to broken-hearted lament to awe-inspiring praise to heavy-hearted weeping, the Psalms give us a language for all of the big emotions that we feel. And no matter where we find ourselves, the Psalms have a meaningful application for our lives. And in many ways, they even can speak on our behalf to God. And then yet greater still, the Psalms also serve as the voice of God addressing us and bringing consolation and bringing encouragement and direction. So for these five weeks, we are resting ourselves in the Psalms. We're remembering who God is and that no, no matter what, like Jenny said in the children's message, we can bring our whole selves to God in prayer. We can bring our anxieties and our doubts, our complaints and our sadness and our anger, as well as our joy and our praise. Today's scripture is Psalm 121. So let us hear and meditate upon these words. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, the God who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of these holy words. Today, we have the honor of hearing a message from the Reverend Peggy Welch. She was one of my pastors when I was in middle school and high school, and the one my mom called when I wouldn't stop crying because I thought I wasn't good enough for God and God's unconditional love. It wasn't for me, I didn't think. For over half of my life, Pastor Peg has been listening to my doubts, answering my questions about faith, and being my spiritual mama long before she became my mother-in-law. That's right, she is also Russ's mom and Joseph and Corey's daddy. So let us hear this good word from Pastor Mama. I am so glad to be with you this morning. Some Sundays, my mama and I join you in worship. I enjoy many things about the worship in this congregation. I love seeing my son, Rasul, displaying his faith through his guitar playing. I like feeling connected to my grandchildren when Miss Jenny reads that Joseph and Vivian are worshiping online. And I know that means that my daughter Katie is in the same worship service with us too. I like connecting with my granddaughter, Corey, when she helps Miss Jenny with children's time. And I find my daughter Heidi's messages to be uplifting each week as she acknowledges. 
transform our world, even when there seems no way out of chaos. On a side note, if it's confusing you that my daughter is married to my son, here's the scoop. Heidi's mother, Marilyn, loves Rasul deeply, as I love Heidi. So we call ourselves co-moms and claim them both as our own. Hi, Marilyn. I'm delighted to be here to give Heidi a respite from preaching. The events of the last year, and especially the last couple of weeks, have been exhausting for all of us, including pastors. And today's big emotion is one that I've struggled with all my life. Today we're talking about worry. If my children were with me, we would do a call and refrain. I would say, Worrying Works, which is the title of this sermon. And they would respond with what I always say next. Worrying works because 99% of the things I've worried about never happened. I believe that and say it so often they're probably tired of it, but I have proof that it's true. Case in point. When Rasul was 16, he had a job at the local movie theater. He and his best friend pulled the evening shift together, often on Saturday nights. Russ's friend, Chris, was a good driver and had a reliable car. But we lived in a beach town. They were 16, and Russ was the kind of teenager who always had to learn the hard way. So I would lay in bed waiting, sleepless. Now, when they were 16, it wasn't too bad. They would come in, raid the refrigerator before watching TV, and Russ would creep up the old creaky steps at midnight or so. But as he got older, his trips up the stairs grew later and later, and he stayed out longer and longer while I listened for him worrying that they had been in an accident or were using drugs or were drag racing or doing a million other things, I could imagine. But in two years of working at the movie theater, nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened that I knew about. He came home safely and sober each night, though often very late. No accidents of any kind, not even broken hearts. But fast forward eight years. Rasul was much more mature and responsible. He lived and worked in Pittsburgh, not with us. We had an empty nest, and I slept very well on Saturday nights and every other night. Except one. One night, the phone rang at 2 a.m. And that wasn't too unusual for a pastor's house. I was on call that week, anyway, at the hospital. My heartbeat sped up a little, and then a lot, as I heard a voice say, this is a social worker at Allegheny General Hospital, and I need to speak with the parents of Rasul Welch. That was the phone call every parent dreads, every parent imagines, the phone call no parent wants to receive. 
but notice this, I had not been worried about it. So worrying works. None of the things I imagined when Russ was in high school happened, but trauma occurred when I was least expecting it. Of course, I'm speaking a little bit tongue-in-cheek when I say that worrying works, but the truth is that worry doesn't help anyone, anytime, anyway. And when real tragedy happens, we find the resources within ourselves to deal with it, as my husband and I did through the weeks and months of Russ's recovery from the car accident. So test my theory. A year ago, early January 2020, what were you worried about? Were you worried about a pandemic, about homeschooling children, about killer hornets? We weren't yet worried about where to get toilet paper or hand sanitizer. These very real problems came out of, at us out of nowhere, and we're still here to talk about it. Worry is not new. Many passages in the Bible pour out the writer's worry. Listen to these. Psalm 18 says, Cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. I don't know about you, but... My anxiety has never been about cords of death, torrents of destruction, or snares. Psalm 22, the psalmist goes back and forth between despair and confidence. Here's, here's what the writer says in part. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircled me, roaring lions tearing their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it has melted away within me. I have never, ever worried about lions, bulls, or my heart melting. And in Psalm 13, David says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? It has been a year of wrestling and sorrow. Fear is a gift from God to help us recognize danger and survive. It is meant to be a brief and powerful stimulus for action. Anxiety, in contrast, is often long-term. It's often something we create by imagining all the things that can go wrong, all the things that might be, and fearing those. It's a response to what might be, not what is. Anxiety or worry is closely aligned with depression. Therapists say they are flip sides of the same coin, so combating one can help the other. 
what then are we to do as people who are working at following Jesus? How can we combat anxiety, worry, depression? I'm not here as a therapist, but I am here as an interpreter of God's word. There are whole libraries of books and articles and podcasts about how to combat depression and anxiety. And there are hundreds of new apps that have appeared in the last year for, for mindfulness, for relaxation, for walking through the rainforest. They are all useful tools in this time of our lives when we have many real things to fear. And you can Google any number of them. No, I'm here to share with you what works for me as a person on the Christian journey. People of faith have an additional tool. Our faith in God is the greatest tool in the box. Mama says, let your faith be greater than your fear. She practices what she preaches. She's 94 years old, 94 years young. And in the last 12 months, she has buried her husband of 64 years, grieved other friends and relatives, been hospitalized three times and healed from assorted broken bones and wounds. Never once has she complained or worried about things that might be. Although quite a few times I've heard her muttering, faith over fear, faith over fear, faith over fear, reminding herself. Worrying does not mean that we don't have faith. Listen carefully to what Mama says. Let your faith be greater than your fear. Very often we have faith, but we have spent so much time worrying over what might be that we have allowed the worry to be bigger than the faith, as I did when I lay awake at night worrying that Rasul might get into trouble. Often we worry so much that we forget to practice our faith. The Psalms demonstrate this for us. The worry Psalms generally begin with all the bad stuff that's going on or might happen, and the writer pours out all the troubles, and then and only then does the psalmist remember who God is and what God has done in the past. It's a pattern in many Psalms, and it's one I've found useful in my life. I go ahead and pour out all the worry and anxiety to God, and I plead with God, and then I remember the 99 times that the things I've worried about didn't happen. And I remember the times that God pulled me out of catastrophes I never anticipated or strengthened me for trials and tribulations. And just like the psalm writer, my faith grows bigger than my fear. So listen to the other part of these psalms. The psalm that says, how long, God, how long will you forget me? It says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. And the psalm that talks about cords of death and torrents of destruction and snares then says, He reached down from on high 
and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. He brought me out into a spacious place. Remembering what God has done in the past helps us to manage difficulties in the present. It helps us to actually have faith that's greater than our fear. And if faith greater than fear isn't enough, then remember what Luke 25 says. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mama. Now we will have a time of sharing our joys and our concerns with one another. And I invite you, if you feel comfortable, to share those in the comments. Um, but know that anything that is shared in the comments, it is on the internet. So everybody can see. If you would like a more private way of doing that, you can go to our website. And there is a prayer request button up in the top right-hand corner and you can send us an email with that and and we can be praying with you and for you um, but however you share your prayers we know that praying for one another and with one another is a way that we can go to god and we can be in community while we go to god for our, our yearnings, for our desires, as well as our praises and our joys. So now let us share our joys and our concerns with one another and prepare for prayer through this song.
Melanie tried to cut off Malik and it didn't work. I'm <laughs> trying to pan back over here and <laughs> went back and that was quite amusing. <sighs> so we have quite a few prayers that have come in. Um, Linda asked for prayers for Denise, who is having knee surgery this week. Penny asked for prayers for her dear friend and her family who are struggling with multiple cases of COVID. Stephanie asked for prayers for Rich, who has been in the hospital since April with COVID, and Jill, who is his support system. Shelly asked for prayers for Bernie, who has advanced dementia and has been moved to hospice. And Alan asked for continued prayers for our country and that our faith can overcome all our fears. Yes. Marla asked for, for prayers of comfort for Louise Novak, um, who lost her husband yesterday. You're welcome, Greg, for sharing Mama Peg with you. Judy asked for um, thanks for prayers for Brian and Henry, who are doing better, but then prayers for little Jack, who is showing the same systems at, or same symptoms as Henry, but not as severe. Definitely praying. And Linda asked for continued prayers um, for Linda as she recovers from pneumonia and Jean, who is caring for her. And Chuck asked for prayers for Al Cosby, who is dealing with COVID. Dana asked for prayers for her friend who has an elderly father in the hospital with COVID. Oh my goodness, guys. Uh, Kathy asked for continued prayers for Matt's family, his sister and brother-in-law, niece and mother all tested positive for COVID and are recovering at home. Greg asked um, for prayers for peace for our president and leadership of the country and prayers for the students and teachers in school and pray for our church leadership and for Pastor Peg, yes. And Stephanie asked for prayers for all the students and teachers at all levels. Corey is currently laying covered with her, her coat on, um, on the floor over here. I think she might be a little bit tired from going to school all week. Elizabeth asked for prayers for her aunt, Margaret, who is currently hospitalized with COVID and many other complicating conditions. Linda says, thank you, Pastor Peg, for your message. It was just what I needed today. Needed today, faith above fear. Wow, I'm glad that I didn't preach because I don't think anybody could have understood me. Gail says prayers for Jack and Monica and their family. Continued prayers for um, Kathy as she recovers from surgery. Joni asks for prayers for her mother, Alice Buckingham, who is 87 with Alzheimer's. Um, she's only been able to see her once in the last 10 months. That is just so hard. And as we come and we feel all of this heaviness and, and we see the impact that COVID is continuing to have, we pray for the, um, the continuing rollout of the vaccine and for those um, who are receiving the vaccine and, and giving the vaccine, for all of the healthcare workers and all of those who are working so hard still to care for people um, who caring for people like their family, but they are strangers. And it is so good to be able to go to God in prayer. And so let us do that now. God of grace, 
when nothing is right, when we are weary and lost, when clouds dull the sky, help us to be still. When our cries are unheeded, when no effort bears fruit, and when the sun sets, help us to be still. When love seems to be over, when hope is gone, when darkness covers the land, help us to be still. For in being still, in refusing to panic or go into despair, we shall come to know that you are right there. Your heart hurts as you stand alongside us, waiting to show us, to be able to show us the stepping stones through the swirling waters and to help us sing a new song. We have so much to be anxious about at this time. In our community this morning, we have lifted above lifted to you the names of those people who are near and dear to us, who are struggling, and we ask for your healing love and your blessing upon them. God, we pray for those who are battling COVID, those who are mourning the loss of a loved one and are upon a, an anniversary of a loss, for those who are struggling with mental illness and addiction. God, for our country and for our world, we pray. The needs are great, but we know that your love, your wisdom, and your power are greater. We pause now to lift up to you our silent prayers that lay heavy on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Almighty God, although this world is filled with anxiety and uncertainty, help us to differentiate ourselves from those anxieties. Simply because the world is feeling anxious does not mean that we must take on all of that anxiety for ourselves. Empower us to remain grounded in you while we continue to respond to your world with compassion and empathy and care. And we pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is a joy to worship with you today and I pray that as you go from this time together, that you may have the strength to dream wild dreams of justice and peace and joy that overflows. May you have the humanity to listen to the dreams of others, 
even when they differ from yours. May you have the confidence to trust that the God who heard the cries of the Israelites in Egypt also hears your dreams as well. And may you have the conviction to return to this space, knowing that our dreams are the best dreams when we dream them together. In the name of God, the original dreamer, Jesus, the dream come true, and the Holy Spirit, who enables us to be those who dream, go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Have a fantastic week. Fear and shame, so afraid.